Welcome back to Cover Stories B-Sides. Uh, today we have special guest, Elisa Pettis. Hey. How's it going? It's going. Um, it's your second time on or third time? Second. second. Yeah. I, we talk about it a lot and it just never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've asked me like what cover I want to do for like the past, feels like it's been like a year. Yeah. I think you're supposed to be on second season and... But now you're here, so Yay, thank you for coming on. Yeah. We're going to be talking about uh, New Found Glory's cover of That Thing You Do, originally yes. from uh, the movie That Thing You Do, yes. written by Adam Schlesinger, um, RIP, um, yes. of Fountains of Wayne. Um, so yeah, just jumping right into it. Well, first, let's, let's learn a little bit about you. We didn't really get to talk about you last time. Yes, so you are a counselor me. at Wagner? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I'm just going to put my, all my business <laughs> out there. Yes, um, I am a high school counselor. Um, I do specifically college counseling. Um, love it. Literally my passion. Exactly what the exact job I went to grad school for, I did get. Um, so I love it. Um, right now it's crazy. I've been back to work already. I've been, I think it's like my third week. This past week was my third week back at work. So yeah, COVID and stuff is just making it more interesting. How is it? I mean, are the kids aren't back yet, right? No, our kids won't be back. We even pushed back our start date. They were supposed to start next week, um, but they won't start till the 24th. Okay. Yeah. So any of my babies are listening. <laughs> <laughs> start school on the 24th. Um, so jumping right into it, why did you choose this song? Um, one, you will see I'm the cool counselor. Um, no, Newfound Glory is one of my favorite bands, um, of all time. They are the band I have seen the most. It's probably been like 10, at least 10 times oh, I've yeah. seen them live. Um, so it was very hard cause I was trying to think of different covers and like literally we're just like, oh, you would choose something from Newfound Glory. And then I'm like, oh, now they have all these different <laughs> albums of different covers. So hard to choose from. Um, but I really think that that first um, from from the screen to your stereo album was just, um, I guess, kind of part of my like adolescence, I guess, um, because once I got into Newfound Glory, it was back in middle school. I think I was it was for sure. I think it was like 2001 when I got into them and it was like, I deep dove and I was like, I need to have everything that they have out, but there wasn't too much. out. <laughs> um, so I ended up getting that album, not even knowing it was a cover album because I didn't do research about it. I was like, Oh, I newfound glory has another CD, um, bought it. And I just thought it was really cool that they were all, um, different covers. A lot of songs I did not know, but some of them was like, Oh yeah, I've heard this before. <laughs> Um, and it was probably like a year or so after I got it that I saw the movie, that thing you do. Oh yeah. And that ended up being one of my favorite movies. Cause it was like always playing on HBO back in the day. So I was like, Oh, that's a newfound glory song. Not knowing <laughs> all stupid, but yeah. So I decided that that song was going to be the one that we would talk about. Cool. I that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, for sure, it's great. It's like top ten for me. Um, Newfound Glory. Uh, so I probably got into Newfound Glory around the same time. I remember I saw the video for Hit or Miss, the first video for Hit or Miss. Oh, uh -huh. where they're in like the hotel, mm -hmm. and um, I just remember I was into Blink One Eight Two at the time, and I was jumping into like wanting more. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. MXPX Blink One Eight Two were the like the forefront. 
And I remember these, they weren't as popular, but I remember they had like a similar sound and, and Jordan had that kind of like voice, yes, you know, and yeah. it was very like appealing to somebody who talked like that regularly. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I actually didn't know about this album until years later mm-hmm. that they did like all these movie soundtracks and um, uh, I, I just looking at the track list, I mean, it's, it's the first, that thing it is the first uh, track on this album. They do My Heart Will Go On, uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Um, never ending story, Gloria Love. Does I've never heard Glory of Love or I oh everything I do I do it for you. What movie is that from? Forgot. Um but um but yeah, I, I think it's interesting that they they like to do covers and it just, just reminds me of being in a band and wanting to play covers because you don't know how to write songs yet. And it's yeah. It's very like it, it's it's kind of I don't want to say like a sense of humility from them, but it's also very much like like, oh, like they just love being in a band and love playing these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, what would uh do you remember the first time you uh heard this in the sense that like uh when you realized that you know Newfound Glory was going to be the band that you would see the most eventually? <laughs> Honestly, um, because okay, so I was I mean, I was in middle school, so I was following everything that my older brother was doing, so I was real into like punk, like I was listening to like Leftover Crack and like <laughs> the casualties. Um, and so then Lincoln Park started becoming like popular around the time like when I was in sixth grade so then that was kind of um I guess like a little bit different type of like rock or whatever music um and then I just remember my brother playing Newfound Glory and I don't know what it is pop punk will always like hold (laughs) such a special place in my heart but like yeah like the vocals and everything it just like it really hit me where I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. So it wasn't like as like craziest stuff that I had been listening to. It wasn't like super heavy, but it was, um, I mean, my introduction to pop punk, I would say. And it was, I don't know, it was something about it. And then the albums just kept getting better and better. So um, I think whenever Sticks and Stones came out, that was probably an album I listened to all the way through <laughs> for years. Um, probably up until like Fall Out Boy came out and then I was like, oh, <laughs> something different. Yeah, but, it's funny because it feels like forever, but that's really like three years yeah, <laughs> or two seriously. to three years. It was like I was really into Newfound Glory like in middle school and then like eighth grade hit. And that was like when Fuel by Ramen was coming out. Um, stopped listening to like drive through really wasn't a thing anymore once Fuel by Ramen's really started taking off. That's a good point. I, I forget about it because I love Drive Through. Like Drive Through oh, had for sure. November is one of my favorite bands to this day. Um and you know them, I, Phoenix TX I think was on there. Mm-hmm. And uh it's interesting because Newfound Glory came on uh, around two thousand. They had that I don't know if it was an E P or an L P but the Forever Stays Gold or was something gold. Oh yeah. So their first nothing, bi- nothing gold can stay nothing or- gold can stay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's just been so many bands that have taken things from that name and started their own yes. name from that band. Uh, band from uh, anyway, <laughs> band name from that title. And uh, it's I was listening to a podcast with Ian, the bassist from New Fun Glory, called "This Was a Scene." It's a really great podcast. Uh, this guy from the band Laymeyer or Longmeyer, just Jersey band. Um, he interviews different people. He started out with just him interviewing people from Jersey, and then he started opening up. And the interesting thing about like drive through records and in Jersey and the Florida connection, Newfound Glory is from Florida, is that these bands from Florida, Newfound Glory, Further Seems Forever, um, I can't think of any other, oh, Less Than Jake, of course, like these mm-hmm. bands were 
big in Florida. And when they started touring, there was this weird connection they had with the Jersey bands. And they helped each other out to where the Jersey bands would book them in Jersey. The Florida bands would book the Jersey bands. And like mm-hmm. you've got like bands like Saves the Day, uh, even like the early Taking Back Sunday, back mm-hmm. when Jesse Lacey was still in the band. And it was just a cool connection how they just found each other. This is pre-social media. And, oh, yeah. you know, they're just the message boards were like popping back then. Yes. And I always think about it, too, um, because, well, one, I don't really listen to like new music like I used to back in the day. Um, and I think about it and I'm like, damn, how did I even like find yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking about, um, too, I knew I was going to come on this podcast. I knew you were going to ask some questions about um albums and stuff and I remember specifically buying um like that nothing gold can stay album at Barnes and Noble oh yeah like that was the place that I could find like I guess like indie stuff or like stuff that you wouldn't find like anywhere else um Barnes and Nobles was like my go-to spot to like find CDs and it was really if I heard a band if a band was like touring with a band I knew I would just go buy the CD and just kind of like listen to That's it. Dope. Yeah. Cause I wasn't, I mean, we had the internet, but it's nothing like it yeah. is now. It would take uh, a whole day to download a song. Oh yeah. And then was it like Kazaa and stuff. Yeah. To, and then it would take like a whole day to download and then it would be like porn sounds or something like <laughs> real crazy. It was not the song that you wanted to download. Um, I ruined my first like family PC, like my first desktop from downloading oh, songs. I'm pretty sure everybody did. <laughs> pretty sure. It was, we had the, yeah. we had MSN. That was our, our, our browser. This is like post AOL. We ran out of the uh, 500 hour free oh, yeah. sample. Never had AOL. <laughs> Never had AOL. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is such a, a, a call to the times. You find glory in general and the fact that they've been able to survive, you oh, know, yeah. and, and help other bands. And one thing that Ian was talking about on this podcast is the fact that he was never in all the bands he was in. He was always the least talented musician. And that if it wasn't for like the humility and like just the humbleness of the other guys in the band, he would have quit a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought up a day to remember. And he was talking about how like these guys were good. You know, they were influenced by us and we could have been dicks to them. We could have just said, Hey, like, you know, mm-hmm. fuck you guys. You guys are getting more popular than we do. We are, but we went from inviting them on tour and we helped them out to now they're bigger than us and they help us out. And it's just like this, this chain of, it's part of like the DIY you know, oh, yeah. mantra and everything. Yeah. But I just think it's so funny that like these bands were all just like homies. Like they're all just like hung out with each other. And it yeah. was, there was a scene, but it was also a lot of it was just them like supporting their friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you mentioned something I didn't, never knew about you. I didn't know you were into like leftover crack and the casualties and stuff. Yeah. That's really backwards than most people. Most people get into new fun glory and then they get into like leftover crack or like us yeah. bombs or like punk bands. Um, was it, did you, I mean, you were probably like listening to Blink-182 around that time too when you were listening oh, to Oh, for those. sure. Yeah. What was it about that era of punk? Was it just because your, your older brother was listening to him or? I think I've just, I've always liked um, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't want to say like heavy music, but like, I do like a lot of like instruments and I like all kinds. I got, was really into ska too, like at some <laughs> point as we all were. Um, but I, I'm not too sure. Cause like now I don't really listen. I don't go back and like really listen to punk, but it will be on like those days where I just need like to let aggression out or something where I'm like, I'm going to blast this like in my headphones. Um, 
Yeah, it, it was kind of backwards because I did start off like at the top and then just kind of like fell into softer stuff. But I think my, um, I don't know, like my music, all the music that I like is, is all over the place. Like that's why I'm not allowed to play music at parties <laughs> because it'll go from like Tejano to like trap to, I don't know some type of EDM <laughs> and everybody's like, we don't know what is going on. Like, what is the vibe? I don't really have a vibe. I'm just kind of <laughs> go all over the place. Um, so. Yeah. I think it's cool that, I mean, I think 2020 it's hard to just be just sequestered to like one type of music or to like have a vibe that is pretty one dimensional. I think everybody is, is really good about really giving other genres and other you know, music a chance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you hear so many, especially like you know the soundcloud rappers are just so into like third wave emo and you got guys like juice world you know r.i.p but like he got sued by yellow card because they stole his their vibe and mm-hmm. i mean yellow card stole some vibes themselves you know and yeah have you heard ever heard like the first few yellow card albums probably back like right day. when ryan key joined he was i don't think he was a singer at the time he just played guitar and it just sounds very like like aggressive punk thrash almost it's like very uh-huh. skate punk you know and i just think it's so funny that like they evolved into what they turn into and then they influence soundcloud rappers you know mm-hmm. i mean you got so many rappers who i'm a little peep was obviously influenced by emo a lot and watching these these younger rappers who are like fresh out of high school and how much they love that era it's so cool that they're doing different things with it oh for sure yeah and that's i mean i like it i like i know a lot of people are like no like rap and whatever can't you can't really like mix genres oh i love it yeah like even when i mean lincoln park did those things with like jay-z like yes that's the kind of stuff i live for like mix it up i want to hear like my favorite rapper and then like some type of like my favorite band play together um i remember listening to like a post malone song whenever he like said something about fallout boy and i was like yes like, <laughs> this is what i want to hear on the radio I think it's interesting that, I mean, w- Linkin Park did that mashup with Jay-Z. That came a little bit after the Grey album when Danger Mouse did the Beatles and Jay-Z. And I was never like a huge Beatles fan, but I remember hearing Helter Skelter 99 Problems and me equally, both going, getting to the point where like, whoa, like the Beatles had some rock songs. Like they, they could like rock. It wasn't just like, let me hold your hand, uh-huh. boy band stuff, which is great. I'm not like dissing that, but that was the first time I ever heard like them really go out and like make a rock song. So I went backwards with the Beatles and it also got me into Jay-Z. Like I knew mm-hmm. like surface level Jay-Z and I knew 99 Problems, but hearing that and then like listening to the rest of that album and then there was all these other like mashup albums where he did like yeah. the blue album and the, the you know, the black album. And and there's just so many different connections and it, it really got me to dig further into to hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that like Danger Mouse was, was integral and in kind of br- bridging these together more than like, you know, rap rock and like new metal and, you know, hearing those bands in the early 2000s and late 90s, there, it was enough to where like I, 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 I like I appreciated hip hop, but never to the point where I would actually go in and dig in. So mm-hmm. it's all like an evolution of sound, really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So, I um I love digging into Newfound Glory a lot just because they've been around for so long. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they formed in 98 or 96, and. At the time, so Ian was talking about how he was the oldest one in the group and he felt like they had something, but Chad was still in high school mm-hmm. and the rest of the guys were like freshmen or sophomore in college. 
And I think Cyrus even had like a full ride to the University of Miami. Oh, wow. So he told Stephanie and Rick from Drive Through Records to have this like fake like meeting mm-hmm. where they told everybody like, hey, like you guys are great, but if you really want to get big, you're going to have to tour. And it was all him. It was all Ian's idea. Uh-huh. And he basically convinced them to, you know, secondhandly convinced them to to drop out. Yeah. They went on tour and, and, you know, the rest is history. And he said he didn't reveal till like years later that like that was all him. That was all him trying to get them together oh, to, wow. to drop out. Um, when we talk about drive through Records, drive through Records, I think their biggest mistake was something that they felt would have been more beneficial to them is the fact that they had this deal with MCA Records where MCA Records would provide funding and things like that. But when they had a band that was big, MCA had their pick of the litter and mm-hmm. the drive through wouldn't profit from that. That happened with Newfound Glory. It happened with Phoenix TX. Um, it's a couple out of Midtown. It happened later with Midtown. Um, what were some of your favorite drive-thru bands? Um, for sure, and especially, I was just listening to their EP earlier, uh, Census Fail. Oh, yeah. Um, I was thinking about it, too, that they had the drive-thru DVDs. Yeah. Oh, and I used to love those. Um, like, I just specifically remember, like, a Census Fail, like, video that they did. Um where they had a lyric that was something like, um, something like, push me off the second floor, I'll run down to watch you hit the ground, or something like that. <laughs> and they like reenacted it with like a blow up doll or something. Like, I don't know. I just loved all those videos. Um, Drive Through Records did them. I remember Feel Right Ramen did them um, as well. The early November, of course. Um, I was supposed to see Newfound Glory again last summer. Um, in Vegas, in right? In Vegas, yeah. It was the same time as the Spurs were playing in the Summer League, so that was a whole thing. So I did go to the show, but I only went – I just got to see the early November and Real Friends, and then we went to the Spurs game. Um, so I missed Newfound Glory. But, um, yeah, like I've seen the early November a few times, like in the past year. Um, they were in Austin not too long ago as well. I think, um, Ace did a thing like, I love the early November and I just feel like them too, like they haven't really changed too much. Yeah. Everything has just really been consistent and I like as a tourist, I really like consistency. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some other ones like homegrown. I loved, um, it's funny you mentioned them because they kind of started out not they weren't a ska band but they had like ska influence and they evolved into like this third wave of emo and they even had a music video um i think it's you're not alone mm-hmm. where they're making fun of these bands who were ska influenced and turned into yes, emo bands yes yes no i love i love them and i just remember also too i just i think i really liked music videos yeah like they did such a great job with music videos. And I think that's what I kind of like miss about music. I'm sure there's still music videos out. I mean, WAP or whatever just came out. Right? <laughs> um, but I feel like there's not um, like, we don't have like a channel anymore that plays yeah. them or it's not, we're not bombarded with music videos like we were before. Um, and they were putting out those, again, those DVDs and stuff where you could watch them all. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on drive through Dave Malilo. Which Dave Malilo had a podcast um, where he would talk about his experience being with drive through um, and how he could have gone with, it was like him and Haley Williams were at South by at the same time oh, yeah. doing showcases together. Um, at the end of that, Haley decided to go with Fueled by Ramen. Dave Malilo was like, well, drive through was like it. 
Like everybody he loved was coming out of drive through. So he chose drive through. Um, and it's just kind of his story. Um, and he was with Haley Williams a lot during that, like upcoming stuff. Um, it was really cool to like hear all the behind the scenes stuff going on. And there was some bad experiences, right? He didn't oh, even talk for about sure. Like, yes, it was all bad. Like Rick from drive through records made him play in his underwear or something. Oh, that I don't remember. Maybe it's a different guy. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. But yeah, he, he basically, uh, he chose wrong he, at the time um, because since he was one of the newer ones, or I guess the last people to sign a drive-thru, um, he probably should not have. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. I don't remember. I think it's called like Conversation Piece. Okay. It's a podcast on Apple. Um, or I found it on iTunes. But so it was pretty cool. Um I'd love to see a documentary about drive through records. Um, oh, if they could go back and just do documentaries e- on all even, kinds of stuff back in the day. Even like a reunion tour. It doesn't even have to be affiliated with Rick and Stephanie. I, I just think it'd be cool to see those bands. I mean, a lot of them are still friends and they tour together anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I, my favorite part of the drive through Invasion DVDs were, uh, there's two specific that come to mind. And early November was out and this band was covering I Want to Hear You Sad. And uh-huh. I can't remember who it was from the band, but they were like dancing in the crowd. And yeah. like, and no one knew who they were. I, I pretty sure I feel like I remember that. Remember that little story. Um, something corporate as well. Oh yeah, was amazing. I never got to see something corporate play live. Um, and then a couple years ago, my friend invited me to an Andrew McMahon show, and he did play a bunch of something oh, corporate yeah. songs, and I was so <laughs> excited. I was like, "This is all I wanted to hear. It's just anything something corporate." I always feel bad because I wasn't into them i liked if you see jordan just uh-huh. because it was a oh, fun I, song i still scream sing that and discriminator is in the video <laughs> um but i remember seeing them in 2002 warp tour this is like after uh 9-11 of course is the first warp tour after 9-11 i was there with my cousin who was a freshman in college i was a sophomore or i was going to be a sophomore in high school and it was raining and like security was extra tight because of everything and mm-hmm. i remember it was so tight-knit that like I mean, this is also the back in the day of Warped Tour. Just to, they would just walk around. All the bands would just walk around. Yeah. And I remember they were about to play like after Anti Flag, and we were gonna go see Anti Flag. And then my cousin was like, "Oh, have you heard of something corporate? Are they good?" I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Yeah, they're they're all right." I heard they I heard they suck. And oh. Andrew McMahon is right behind no, me. And I don't know if he heard me, but I just remember feeling intensely bad that like I'm like, "Oh, like I don't think you guys suck. I just heard you guys yeah. suck." And yeah. we I ended up know. watching them, and it was it was an all right show. Yeah, I remember, again, on one of those, like, DVDs that he would have his piano up on, like, a little Warped Tour stage. So, <laughs> I was like, that was cute. He's being his, like, flip-flops and just, like, stomping yes, on it towards the just, end. Yeah, so that would have been, like, that would have been cool to see back <laughs> in the day. But speaking of Warped Tour, I do remember, um, I can't, well, I can't remember the year. I think it was it was either 03 or 04. Four, and Newfound Glory was on Warp Tour. And that was back in the day where someone's Thea, one of the Theas had to go with us. <laughs> um, it was at Verizon. So they would just go chill under the cover area and let us go run around. But um, one year, um, it was one of my Theas that went with us and she would not leave us alone. She was following us. She was watching <laughs> us. And um, so, again, it was back when bands would just walk around, whatever. It was uh, Cyrus and I believe it was Ian um, from Newfound Glory were walking around. Cyrus was the love of my life. <laughs> 
So of course I ran up to them with my disposable camera and I was like, oh my God, can I get a picture of you? My cousin took the picture. We were talking to him, blah, blah, blah. Well, when we get home and she's reporting back, she was like, and your daughter was over here (laughs) hugging up on all these guys. And my mom was like, okay, like whatever. Because she was like, I just thought about it like when I took your tia to go see Menudo when she was young. <laughs> so she was like, and that's what they do. Like, that is what you're supposed to do. She's like, so you're fine. So I was like, well, thankfully, she wasn't snitching on me. But <laughs> she'll always bring that up like to this day. She's like, yeah, and then you were over there like hugging up on some guys. And I'm like, I'm just any guy. Okay. Any I remember guy. I saw, I think, I think this is the last time I saw Nifangor. I may have seen him a couple of times since then. But uh, they played Alamo Musical. Back when it was, was it Backstage, backstage. Live? Mm-hmm. And they played outside. I think it was the first show I've been to there that was outside. Mm-hmm. And we went because it was a weird combo. It was H2O opened and then Alkaline Trio. Yeah. yeah. Were you there too? I think so. I remember it was November because after the show we went to, it was Pub Run. And uh, everyone was dressed like in the Skull, uh, the skull Candy, uh, Day of the Dead stuff. But uh, yeah, we went and we got there late. So we missed H2O. And... I was kind of at the mind, like at that point in my life, I was like, oh, like I'm too old for newfound glory. Like it's, you know, it's just kid stuff. And I was all about Alkaline Trio. Alkaline Trio put on a show and it was fine. Uh-huh. Uh, no, Alkaline Trio was closing. Newfound Glory opened for Alkaline Trio. Okay. So I remember Newfound Glory went on and within like two songs, I was like, no, fuck that. I'm not too old for this. Like I had such a blast. I enjoyed Newfound Glory way more than I enjoyed Alkaline Trio. And I remember there was this guy there who was like most stereotypical cholo you've ever seen in your life. He didn't have a shirt on. It was freezing outside. He didn't have a shirt on. It was all tatted up. He, he looked. I mean, he looked like he was like straight up from the hood and singing every single word to yes. every newfound glory song. And he was very drunk and very aggressive. But it was just so funny to see. This guy had to be like five, ten years older than me. And just seeing this old guy like just like go out and like he had this thick accent. He's like, yeah, my friend's over you, fool. You know, and everything was just like he was having a time of his life. I remember I was wearing a hoodie Uh and I got in front of him and he like literally like pulled my hoodie down, like brought me down. He's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to be in front of you. That feels like a misconnection for me. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't I don't don't think I was actually at that show. It was a great show. And it reminded me how much I love New Fun Glory. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, I went to the. 20-year anniversary show in Austin at Mohawk by myself in 2017 for my birthday because (laughs) nobody else wanted to go. It was on a Saturday. Um, And I, that was probably my favorite show from them because they played their self-titled and sticks and stones all the way through. And I, when I posted yesterday about it, like that was literally just like probably one of the best concerts. I saw Beyonce on my birthday the year before, 10th row. So that's <laughs> probably number one. But this was definitely a very close second um, because I was right there in the crowd, like at the front, like scream singing, pushing. Like it just, I felt like a kid again. And I was like 27 at the time, t- about to, yeah, like turning 27. And it was, that was probably one of my favorites because those two albums from them are just flawless to me. Like, <laughs> Top five for sure albums of all time. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I think it was it wasn't Six and Stones, but they. I went to a ten year anniversary. Was that the one with Saves Day? Yes, and Hello yes. Goodbye it, at Emos. Yeah, at Emos, I was there. Um, that was before I knew you. Yeah, you were probably just out of high school, right? 
Yeah, because I went with Connor. That's when Connor and I were still best friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, my, my roommate, she was amazing at winning tickets from the radio. Mm-hmm. And she won tickets, and we went. She knows I Like Saves the Day is one of my favorite bands of all time. And I remember seeing Hello Goodbye. That was probably the first time I saw them live, and it really changed my mind about them because they were really good. Mm-hmm. Love Saves the Day. They went and played a bunch of old stuff. I'd only seen them at Warped Tour before then, so they yeah, had a full set. They were doing a 10-year also, right? I believe or so. Something. I think so, maybe. I, was, I wasn't a too big of a Saves <laughs> fan. But yeah, I think it was both of them were doing 10 years, I believe. And then New Fun Glory played. I remember because my roommate hooked up with the touring guitarist to Hello Goodbye. Oh, in the bathroom at one of the bars in yes. Austin. <laughs> so I always like think about that. And I remember seeing a girl that I had a crush on and getting her number and did the whole stupid, I'm going to wait three days to text her. And she didn't respond to my three-day late text. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't yeah. Games. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's funny because you talk about seeing New Found Glory the most times. They are up there for me too. And almost by accident because they just happened to be playing with bands that I wanted mm-hmm. to see and then I ended up staying in loving newfound glory and their set um i want to say I, I don't think as much as you but probably like five or six times for me most of those are at warp tour though oh yeah warp tour and then the first time i saw them was uh with mxpx stretch armstrong and good charlotte oh wow at sunken garden that was the first time i saw Newfoundland. <laughs> um I haven't heard anybody bring up Stretch Armstrong Stretch in a Armstrong, long yeah. time. I always throw that one in there just in case someone like is like, oh yeah, I remember them. Not that you need to, but you always have these like stories to like show your cred, like from that time. Oh, like. for sure. <laughs> or when people remind me and they're like, oh, Elisa Photo, and I'm like, yeah, I did some shit back in the day. So for people who don't know, Elisa Photo is Elisa's. I mean, can I share your? I mean, yeah, go for it. Let me hear your bio on me. This is her her <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. And uh, it comes from a time when you're in the scene and you used to take photos of bands and mm-hmm. you uh, would sell them the, the USB, right? No, I did it all through like mega upload. Oh, really? Yeah. I would just, um, I had a Mac at the time. You have a I little Rebel do, or did you have? I had a Rebel. Yeah. XTI. Oh, cool. Yeah. Pretty chill. I got into cameras like right after that. So like XSI was like my introduction to DSLRs. But XTI, I remember being so jealous of everyone who had one. Oh, yeah. And then that's where I made so many friends. Well, so many friends. Um, not only like bands, but like I remember like photographers. Like, um, I mean, because Josh Huskin was in a band, um, a local band here. Um, Steve, Stephen Gilmore, um, who's like a lawyer now. But um, they really... I was very thankful, like kind of growing up in the scene um, because I was like very, very shy in high school. Um, So that really helped me like kind of get out of my shell. And like they were they've always been super nice to me. So when I had any questions about like photography, I was like, I don't know. Google, too, was, I guess, not as what Google is now. And so they were really like super helpful to me. I had all kinds of different like lenses and um, accessories because they would always tell me like, oh no, you can do this and you can find it cheaper here, like whatever. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the, I love hearing stories about that just because I mean you hear so many bad stories and yeah, what into scene whether it's whether it's like really bad with with you know with sexual assault or if it's just like people being elitist or snobby and oh for sure yeah I'm very thankful because I was growing up I was I was very naive um, so there was a lot of things that I was real pendeja about but. Um, I think I've always just surrounded myself with good people. Um, 
and I just remember this is nothing sexual assault like, but assaulting. Um, I was at a pit and at a Bring Me the Horizon concert at the Rabbit, and some dude like punched me in the back of the head. Oh shit! Like, and I didn't know it at the time, but my guy friends apparently like pulled him outside and like beat the shit out of him. <laughs> so I was like, oh okay, cool. Like. People are looking out for me. Yeah. Um, I don't condone violence, but hey, whatever. Like, don't punch me in the back of the head. Um, so, yeah. It's good to hear that. I mean, there was, I mean, I think a lot of that is just in, in, instinctive, but at the same time, it's passed down to you. Mm-hmm. My first World Tour experience, I was 12. My cousin was j- just graduated high school, and him and he's this, like, frat guy. You know, he played baseball, and he, him and my uncle were really influential in me getting into punk, and... They, we were watching, it might have been 311. I think, it, no, it was Less Than Jake. We were watching Less Than Jake, and I was so excited to see Less Than Jake. And there was a girl, probably around their age, and she was just having a good time, and some guy gets a real aggressive, starts pushing her around really aggressively and knocks her down. My cousin, this frat guy, and this, and then this big punk guy with this Statue of Liberty mohawk, beat the shit out of this guy. They just, like, push him out, and they, like, make sure that he's never going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they like they, like, shake each other's hands. Never met each other two different types of guys. And I remember seeing that just being really affected by that and being like, Oh, like I need to be like this. Like yes. I, this is yeah. what I need to be like when I go to do shows. And there's a sense of like defensiveness when, when, when I'm trying to protect my friends, not just fe- women, yeah. but like just, you know, even like younger friends. If it's- oh, for sure. Um, I remember that newfound glory concert, my first one that I had gone to, um, it was during MX or MXPX was about to go on. And it was, like, me and one of my other friends, and she went to the show in flip-flops. Like, this was how, like, young and we were not, had not been, like, in pits or whatever. And this, I remember this, like, older, I would say, like, girl. She was probably, like, a teenager, like, or maybe early 20s. I remember her being, like, oh, like, it's about to get crazy once they come on. So if you're going to be in the pit, like, and people are pushing, you need to, like, stand your ground. Like, she was, like, um, make, like, a basically, like, put your feet like this and, like, stand. Like, you need to make sure that you can, like, keep yourself up and you don't get pushed to the ground. Um, that was the same time. That was, like, one of my – I think that was my first time crowd surfing as oh, yeah. well. And it was only two because I was like dehydrated, lost all my friends. I was like, I needed to get out. <laughs> and I had told like a guy, I'm like, I need water. And he was like, all right, you're going up. And I was like, no, 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 no. And he's like, that's the only way you can get out of here. Like you're going up. Um, Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. And so they, but it was like, he was like, okay, she's got to go. Like, come on guys. And then like threw me up um, so that I could get out of there. And so I really like that really stuck with me. So where I'm like, okay, now if I'm at a show, like, I'm going to do the same thing and look out for yeah. other people. And then since then I've been to like shit ton of shows and I like to be in the pit cause I like to be where the action is. So I'm can always take care of myself, but I know that there's like friends that I'm with or whatever that I'll always like watch out for Yeah, too, just in case like something were to happen and maybe they don't go to shows a lot or whatever. Like I can handle it and I'll watch over them as well. So yeah, I feel like, and it's nice to see that that still carries on even to like the current generation. I mean, mm-hmm. there are assholes out there who like to, you know, pick on people and just, you know, take out aggression. And it, it's it's stupid, but there are enough people in the crowd to where, you know, usually in most places, most shows where, you know, shit like that gets shut down. Yeah. 
Um, I had a friend, my brother, we went to go see the Mad Caddies like a few years ago at the Corova and our friend, um, Guada, who never, he's older than me, he'd never been to a rock show in his life. He's from the Valley and I guess he just never was into like really into music enough to go. Uh-huh. And he like had heard my brother showed him the band. He was like, Oh, like, that's cool. Like I want to check them out. So he went, it was like $10 ticket. You know, we go and our, our buddy Eli, uh, was there and just drunk i was just fucking with everybody and at one point eli's a big guy and he's the type of guy where people see him and assholes like want to challenge him like oh like i'm gonna fuck up with fuck this dude up or i'm gonna try to take on this guy and eli's very laid back you know and and he pushed eli and guada was wasted and he sees that and he just goes underneath the guy guada's a small guy he goes underneath the guy's shirt, like wraps his hand like three times and just pulls this guy down. This guy had to be like 300 pounds, pulls him down. And like, he like, he just pulls him down to the point where like the guy's just in shock. And then at that point, the, the bouncers come in and like make the guy leave. But it was so cool to like, he'd never been to a show before. And like, with, just like that, he got like the mantra. He understood yeah. like, Hey, we're protecting each other. This guy's being an asshole. Get him to fuck out of here. You yes. Know? Yeah. Definitely uh, some unwritten rules. When it comes to going to shows. <laughs> um, so you mentioned Stephen Gilmore, and I I never knew him personally, but I remember I followed him on MySpace. Yeah. Stephen X Onward. Yes. Yeah. He was the first person I ever knew who was, like, straight edge. Yes. And I remember being I, – I was never straight edge, but I never drank when uh-huh. I was uh, in high school. Yes. And I remember asking him questions, and I felt like looking back at some of the questions I asked, I'm like, man, like – it almost felt like condescending, even though I was genuinely like curious about like what straight edge was all about and hearing him, you know, your experience with him just makes me like, I totally get it. Cause he was very like nice and yes. he didn't take it. Like, you know, he wasn't elitist about it. He didn't make me feel like I was being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's cool. There's a lot of people in, in the scene that were like that, you know, um, you hear a lot of horror stories from other people and it's good that there those guys like that were really prominent in the scene too. Mm-hmm. Um, you were also in a music video. Yes, a kid named Thompson. Yeah. Video. What was that like? Um, they paid me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it was you were cool. An influencer. <laughs> yeah, I was an influencer back then. Um, it was cool. It, that one was. It was honestly. It was like a house party um, that they had, and um, so it was like we all kind of knew each other. Um, if we didn't know each other, we had always been around each other because of parties or whatever, um, like social interactions. So it was, it was a really cool experience. Um, I always forget about it and it's like every once in a while I remember and I'll go back and I'll watch it cause I was so cute back then. Um, <laughs> what was the song? Oh my gosh. What was that song? Every it was something, every something it'll come to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it was, it was cool. Again, my friend Connor, we were inseparable at the time. So it's like me and him. Um, a few of our other friends, like Chris Blackman's in it, and um, I don't know. I want to get Chris Blackman on the show one of these days. Oh gosh, yeah, he's not busy being hanging out with celebrities. Seriously, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was a cool experience, um, and it's something cool too to like look back on um, because, I mean, it, that was my life pretty much when I was. I think I was nineteen, nineteen or twenty. I was definitely under. No, you know what? I don't even, I think I was 17 because I, if I remember correctly, my mom had to sign a waiver. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I was 17 at the time. Um, so yeah, that was cool. 
that was the scene. I think that like I, I look back at like movies like like American Pie or like and seeing these music videos from songs that came from that. They were all house shows. They were all like just kids like singing along and mm-hmm. and I remember moving to Austin and kind of feeling like I was like I was kind of getting more into like indie rock so like pop punk was kind of off my radar I had no idea that stuff was still going on here mm-hmm. and then I remember just recently like looking back in, in Austin the last five years and it's like there too and it's I was like oh this resurged I'm like no it just never left it's always been that way and yeah the scene. yeah because I I'm pretty sure like I stopped going to shows regularly because I basically lived at like every venue um from the time I was a senior in high school maybe a junior in high school I was definitely in high school I know that um I was still I was going to shows regularly once I got a car I was just like out there (laughs) um and it probably wasn't until like my freshman year sophomore year of college got a boyfriend, started taking school seriously or whatever. Um, and just kind of stopped going to shows as much. So, um, I feel like had I stayed in the scene, I don't know if it kind of, I don't know if it did kind of die down or if we just got, got older or what yeah. happened. Cause but we're when, still young. So, I mean, I know, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I know all I could remember about that. A kid named Thompson song was that, they have a lyric in there that says, I need you so bad. <laughs> and I just remember screaming that so many times because we had to record over and over and over again. Um, but that was like my favorite, A Kid Named Thompson, off that album that they had put out. That's awesome. Um, I have to throw in a starting line joke because we haven't talked about starting line this whole oh, episode. Oh, true. Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> and that was actually my second favorite moment from the drive through Invasion DVDs is, is Kenny... They're playing Prison Song by System of a Down in the background. But yes, they, yes. But they don't have the rights to Prison Song. Yes. So they have it on mute. And then they say, start your CD player at whatever yes. minute that he's re-singing. And he's like acting out the Prison Song. It's my favorite moment yes. of any drive-through I, DVD. I had forgotten about that. Yes. Um, and earlier, too, I was going to actually bring them up. And I just did not. Um, that they, I saw the starting line in dallas like in november or something like that um just not too too long ago and they did what the hell is it called where basically they told stories in between songs um and i was like oh that would be cool if like newfound glory did something like that i think it's called like storytelling or something like um, that get up kids saves the day and hot rod circuit all did that Mm -hmm. and they said the way they did it is they had just a singer and a guitarist, so the singer slash guitarist, and it was a little bit of a shit show because there'd be people there for just one band, mm-hmm. and like they're like, oh, I want to hear this Get Up Kid song, and then Chris Conley would go up, and they're not into Saves a Day, so they're going back and forth, and because of that, like I think Chris Conley was really drunk and just started talking shit. <laughs> it was one of my favorite Chris Conley moments, even though he's probably embarrassed about it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's just something like that. I love, I love that idea. And, um, I think it also too, like now us being older, like we are, I think this generation is just very nostalgic together. Um, but I want to be able to like go back and I want to hear from like your point of view, like what happened? How did you come up with like this album concept concept? Like how did you come up with this song concept? Because I feel like back then again like we 
didn't have the internet, I would have to read stories in like alternative press. Like if yeah. I wanted to really um, get to know a band and like kind of get some behind the scenes stuff, um, we couldn't just like do a little Google search and figure it yeah. all out. So I think that would be so cool. I would love to see like that be the next thing Newfound Glory does. Yeah, I mean, I think VH1 had storytellers when we were younger, but that was all like bands from our parents' age, mm-hmm. uh, and when they were teen, when they were teenagers, so it would be cool to kind of bring that back for like the third wave emo. I yes. mean, Kenny was like sixteen when we were in middle school and high school, so it's just so uh-huh. nuts to think about like these guys were they're essentially our age, you know. Um, I think it's uh, it's it's funny because they were really big on AIM. I had a friend. I remember that who used yeah. to talk to them on AIM, and we all thought he was lying. We all thought this is pre catfish, but we thought like, oh, these are just people pretending to be them. But yes. no, like, I think he became like, he had like a few conversations with the guitarist who was apparently like really into like marching band stuff. Oh wow! And uh, there was them, and then there was also I, I when they got back together when they reunited they did a reunion show in like Pennsylvania or something. That's where they're from, right? They're from Pennsylvania. It's somewhere up north, uh, northeast, and uh, the guys on fire dudes, the guys who were in Skies on Fire here, they w- were gonna go up and 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 go for the show. I think the tickets sold out. I think they messaged their like management and told them the story that they were a band and they were really into starting line. I think they gave them free tickets. That's cool. And you know they seem like pretty, especially Kenny seems like a pretty stand up dude. Yes, and if I remember correctly too, I'm trying to, all the cheese man that I've heard in my life. <laughs> um, that someone was one of my friends from the valley was saying that Kenny's dating like one of their friends. Oh, really? From the valley, yeah. So hey, <laughs> get out there, girl. Do what you gotta do. Well, uh, I know it's it's funny because I I saw early November and Movie Life. Mm-hmm. I never seen a Movie Life before because I got into them really late. I liked Hand Grenade, and that was the only song I heard from them. Listened to all their other stuff, and I was like, why didn't I listen to them when uh-huh. I was younger? But uh, the Vinny from the movie life when he when this was in Austin he's talking about he started dating a Texas girl and everyone in the crowd went nuts you know it was, it was yeah. like this sense of excitement like oh like these guys from these third wave bands were like dating people from here like that's yes. cool there's a connection now I could I could have definitely been one of those girls I I still feel like had I been more outgoing like had I been myself now back when I was like 17 or 18 oh I definitely would have gotten with some band boy that was but I was like very again very pendeja like <laughs> I can't talk to people and I um I just remember being in love I had won this like hit the lights contest and they came to San Antonio and played at the rabbit and it was hit the lights all time low Valencia I don't remember who else was but I remember those three bands and I got to go to their sound check before. Oh, cool. Um, and then they played or whatever. And I remember falling in love with Brendan from Valencia. <laughs> oh, he was the best thing. Oh, I loved him. And then it was like, okay, well, okay, bye. Like, <laughs> talked to him like all night. And then I was like, okay, bye. And my roommate, the one that hooked up with the touring guitarist, she had like a Rolodex, not a Rolodex, but her phone was full of just guys from bands i mean um and it wasn't even like completely just sexual there was she just was she was just so confident was friends with like 
Aaron from Under Oath, whenever they were in town, he'd be like, hey, we're in town. Like, what are you doing? And it wasn't yeah. even like they were just trying to hook up. He was just like looking for it to hang out. Yeah. Do you remember Every Avenue? Yes. I woke up one morning and they were watching Twilight in my living room. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, it was just so, it was so cool to like, she had this, this sense of confidence. And I remember when she hooked up with that touring guitarist, she, he, he wasn't like an original member of Hello Goodbye. So he wasn't uh-huh. like an official member. Uh, which I guess she looked at that as like, oh, this is going to be easier. <laughs> and uh, he's putting stuff away and Saves the Day was playing and her, both, her, both her and I love Saves the Day. And she's kind of like hitting on him a little bit. And he's all like, oh, you like Saves the Day? And like they started talking and he's like, yeah, like, you know, we, we were really into him. And she's like, oh, you're in a band? Like she knew, yeah. like she had just seen him like perform and totally like kind of nagged him a little bit and uh and it worked <laughs> yeah no and then i also i look back at that and i was like y'all i was so cute like <laughs> back in the day i could have pulled all these guys but i was just had no confidence i was super shy all my friends that i had were super outgoing because they had to be the ones to talk to me <laughs> i've definitely come out of all that but that's that's just who i was at like 1617. So I need to put you on the spot right now. And okay. I should have asked you this before this, but do you have a top five or top three emo crushes? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, okay. So I already mentioned Cyrus was like <laughs> one of them. Of course. I loved Pete Wentz. Love, love, loved <laughs> Pete Wentz. Um, I got to think um, from dashboard confessional. Chris Crabber. Yes, of course he was handsome. Still is. He's like a oh, fucking so, vampire. Yeah, I just saw him at Riot Fest. He looks younger now than he's he did 20 years ago. So handsome. It's wild. Um, I'm trying to think who was on my wall. Brandon Yuri, of course. <laughs> um, who else did I have on my wall? Um, I loved Jeff from the early November. Sergio, too. But I Sergio, was say. Sergio was more of like, that's everybody's like. <laughs> but I, I did love Jeff. He's the Beyonce and Jeff's the, yeah. the Kelly, yes. I guess. <laughs> yeah, Sergio's like everybody's pick, which yes, I understand. But Jeff, also, I had a big old crush on Jeff from the early November. Yeah, I remember like I've I've never I remember back when like I saw them in 2012 when they first got back to the early November, and I just remember thinking like, man, like Sergio's really handsome. <laughs> He's so handsome, still is. It's wild. Um, which also too, um, I used to love. There was um, Dave. From Census Fail. I can't remember. Oh, he was a high school kid, right? I can't remember. It was like the drummer and one of the guitarists like had the same name. But they kicked him out. I just remember that. But he was so handsome. He had his big old lips. Yeah, I think it was a drummer. Curly hair. He was like 16 when he goes in the band. No, but he was, it was the guitarist. Oh, okay. But I feel like they had like the same name. <laughs> I can't remember if like one was Dave and one was David or something like that. It was something. Or Dan, maybe. Dan sounds maybe. like the drummer. You know, Andrew Signs would probably know. Yeah. I was like, I need he, a... He's a nerd for I that. I need a band. fact checker here. Um, but yeah, he was the guitarist, like one of the, I guess, the first guitarist or something. Um, but I believe they did kick him out of the band. But he had these big old lips and curly hair. And oh, he was so handsome. So honorable mention to that guy. <laughs> Whoever he is. <laughs> um, so this... Uh, Kind of bringing this back to we, we haven't really talked about that thing you do a lot the original oh, yeah yeah um who uh I, I I just wanted to say about that movie that the older I get the more I kind of understand um I can't remember his Jimmy. name Jimmy's perspective yes yes because when I was a kid I watched him like man this guy is an asshole and he is an asshole yeah but I 
get why he, like he's he wants he's about the art you know yes. of his music and he feels like he's constantly being compromised like he didn't handle it the best way mm-hmm. um but uh the older i get the more i definitely like kind of feel for him a little bit oh for sure i hadn't seen this movie in such a long time and so yesterday I rewatched it. It is on HBO Max. Yeah. So if people do not have HBO Max, y'all need it because if I think of a movie and I search it on HBO Max, it's there. Oh yeah. There's oh my god, they have so much stuff. But um yeah, so I rewatched it yesterday and um yes, I could 100% understand he was just such a dick yeah. to Faye. Yeah. <laughs> his girlfriend that I did not like. But no, I could 100% understand. Um, where he was coming from, um, where, I mean, you can't, you want to kind of grow and do more and write your own stuff. And, um, but I mean, he did want that song to be a ballad. Yeah. So. Just because he was wrong. Yeah. Think that, that affected him for the rest. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just, he spiraled after that. It's interesting with each character that like, there is a different sense of, and I, I feel like when I mean, Tom Hanks wrote that from what I understand, he had just done his huge press tour for Philadelphia and for Forrest Gump back to back with his mm-hmm. Oscar runs, and he was just tired and he wanted to like take a break. And that's he wrote that script in a few weeks, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the the character development and everybody and and everybody kind of represents a different perspective of this this uh, you know of rock and roll and of, yes. of the music yes. industry in general. I mean. He's he's a sleazy agent, even though he's very likable and very charming. Yes. And he's fucking Tom Hanks, you know. Um, I, I I love that he was still presenting it in that way, and, and to where you could still see everybody's side to everything. Yes, no, um, I really did like it, and so like that, I kind of I mean, I read into the movie a little bit deeper just because I knew we were going to come on to here, and so I thought it was really crazy that this was just like. Like you said, like he was just like kind of got bored and was like, mm, I'm just going to write yeah. this. And I feel like as like a child watching this, I thought it was a true story. Yeah. <laughs> and it also kind of blew my mind. I had thought that was like an old song and it wasn't <laughs> like that guy from Fountains of Wayne literally wrote it for this movie. Yeah. Like won a contest. So it Yeah. I just learned that recently too. That I, I thought he was like, Cap to do is like no he just submitted it and they liked it and they were like yeah this is great so, he also wrote some stuff for Josie and the Pussycats I learned so yeah that was I'm telling y'all HBO Max just watch that too <laughs> that's the also other. on HBO Max too. yes it's on HBO Max I I gotta because okay so I dyed my hair and I have this like blonde streak in the front <laughs> and so I was like leaving the bathroom at work the other day and I saw the blonde streak that I kind of hate I'm growing to love and it just made me think of Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I really want to watch this. Searched on HBO Max and it's there. So HBO Max has everything. Y'all. That's funny. Me and Sean watched that recently. Because she, she actually, so she's my girlfriend's from Virginia. Her family way back then took a trip to San Antonio, like a, just a tourist trip. Like, yeah, they went to Six Flags and she saw Josie and the Pussycats at River Center Mall. That's Cool that as was shit. her first experience in San Antonio. Do you remember too, like mall tours? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we used to go to Rolling Oaks Mall, and that's where we used to go see random people. <laughs> I mean, nobody, not Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, but that would have been great. What's funny? I mentioned Skies and Fire earlier. The Tank Skate Park is right by Rolling Oaks Mall, and that yeah. was their first show. Was at the Tank Skate Shout Park. Shout out! Shout out! Um, so, uh, bringing it back to New Found Glory, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts about New Found Glory? I mean, we've kind of covered a lot of 
Yeah. Final thoughts is I was supposed to see them again this summer and COVID happened. So I'm very <laughs> upset about it. Um, but if anybody um, wants to check them out, never checked them out. Literally great. Self-titled and Sticks and Stones is just perfection albums. They just came out with a new album. Um, they have all kinds of covers. So if you're really into covers, they have, I think it's three albums now, yeah, right? They, they completed a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be super generic and be like, yeah, let's talk about Kiss Me. Just like <laughs> their most famous one. It has Haley Williams in the, wait, was that? No, no, no. I'm thinking of That's What You Get. Oh. Haley Williams. Haley Williams and Chad is in that one. Music video. Sorry, y'all. My thoughts. <laughs> Two white claws in and my brain is crazy. Um, but yeah, kiss me. Or was she in that music video? I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I was off the radar at that point. Both <laughs> those music videos kind of look the same. I don't know. I'm going to go fact check that. I feel that. like kiss me is really old. Unless they made a new music video. I feel like they did that like when P Paramore was just getting famous. I just feel like I'm seeing Chad and Haley in something. Maybe it but was it might uh, be, that's from Isley because he'd married her too. Didn't Stop. He? <laughs> Pre uh, Max Bemis. God, do you, uh, all in all, fuck Chad. <laughs> for messing with Haley Williams I love her and that's what I originally wanted to do a Haley Williams song oh yeah but yeah but check out Haley Williams covers too she's per perfection um Newfound Glory still great I'm glad that they have the original lineup missing someone but Steve for, yeah because for of... correct reasons <laughs> um yeah no I'm glad I just hope they keep making music because I love it um Cyrus was on your boy was on oh, uh MXPX, uh, Mike Herrera's got a uh, podcast where he talks to different bands, and Cyrus was on recently, um, and he, he seems, like, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was the love of my life, y'all. I only like the good ones. And they, they talked about, this is, like, right around COVID, when COVID started, so he mm -hmm. talks about it. And they have, I think they released a new album, or they're releasing one. They had planned on releasing one, but then COVID happened, so... I think it's either going to be released and they're going to figure out a way to promote it or they're going to hold it off. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, check that out. Do you have any plugs? Anything you want to plug? Um, I really have nothing going on. I do have a few Pendeja Diaries that I'm writing that should be released. I have released, I released one during COVID and one, well, I guess two because one was my birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, so I released one during COVID, two, I guess, my birthday, another one. And my Valentine's one is still my favorite one of all time. Um, but I am, I have a few in the works, but now that I'm back at work, they're kind of on the back burner. So hopefully I'll have some releasing soon. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now that y'all know my handles for everything. Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you so much, Elisa, for of coming course. on. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. All right. Thanks.